All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Actually, no, since there was, we had to do this the right way. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. We're going to talk hey about guys, this what's up? epic, epic video that was posted. Oh, my God. So epic. It's, and it's not going to OnlyFans. It's for free. It's for free on IG. And you can totally, this is such a historic room. And this podcast, we're going to talk about it today. Yeah, did you watch it? I'm actually curious how many uh watch what. Did you watch the did you watch the sex tape of the century? Sadly, yes. I <laughs> dude, like I'm I'm doing my usual, just scrolling down on Twitter, right? Next thing you know, I see a a naked bareback. Literally yeah. just like bend down on a table and just getting pounded. I'm like, yo, I didn't want to see this. I didn't ask for this. <laughs> Nobody did. Nobody did. <laughs> and I sent it to you, and you did not like it at all. <laughs> I was just like, "What the fuck?" No, because I hadn't seen it yet. Because I saw, I went so the, the the night of, I was on Twitter scrolling, and I was you know doing my rounds, you know talking my shit, and I saw a post by I think it was, <laughs> I think it was um, mostly peaceful Latinos. I think they were like at least that was in George Santos, or and or was it Laura Loomer? It was either Laura or oh. and they posted it and um and then I went back and I was like wait a second I was like wait 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 what what's going on and then I saw Senate was trending on Twitter I was like that's weird Senate like okay is it like a Senate bill is it the NDAA like okay maybe and then I click mm. on it and it's like I see people talking about this video and I'm like wait a second what what's going on so I click on Senate it's like holy shit I see the photo I all I saw. I'd never clicked the video because I'm like, I'm not watching that shit. I saw like I saw a video that's longer than like five seconds. That was like ten seconds uh -huh. long. And I was like, I'm not uh -huh. watching that gay porn. Fuck that. But I saw like the I'm photo of him like bend down on like with like a thong on on like the table or some shit. He has something. I I, I don't remember what he had. But I, was I, like, I don't know bro, if it, I don't know if it was like a picture of something, but it was a picture of him bending like bent over like on his fours like and then I saw other like, and then I did some research into him, obviously, because I like followed the threads. And What's his name dude, again? Aiden. Aiden. Aiden Ross. <laughs> yeah, it's Aiden Ross. So Aiden Ross was um, Aiden Ross filmed a gay sex tape in the, I think this is the judicial senate, the Senate Judiciary, uh, committee hearing room, and as the guy even said, as Aiden even said in his own IG post, where he posted himself on all fours naked with a thong on, on the, on one of the tables. He was like, this is the place where we had the testimony for Soto Sotomayor and we had the FBI Comey hearings and totally a lot of other stuff. And I mean, my thing is like, who the hell hired this guy? And it had to be a yeah. Democrat. It had to be a Democrat. When I saw that, I was like, yeah, this is, yeah, God. There's, there's, there's no way a, a Republican will hire something like that. Well, they're well, they're they're having gay sex, but in but in private, not on not in not at job. They're not at their job. They're doing it at their home. Well, yeah. What do you what do you think? Would you think yeah. they're the only ones not having? You think Democrats are the only ones having gay sex? Did you not see what he what Aiden <laughs> yeah. posted on I on his like Reddit one time? He was in a he was in no. one of the Senate showers. He was in one of the Senate showers, I think naked. And he posted oh, like thing he? of his ass, and he was like, "I'm waiting for you, Lindsey Graham." Lindsey Graham, yeah, yeah. I saw that. <laughs> so okay, yeah, what, no, what, do you think? I, I you think I, Lindsey okay, didn't yeah. go there? You don't think Lindsey? Nah, nah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And then there was another <laughs> one where this congressman has like hand on the table, 
and he was like right next to it, I guess, because he was like so. I think the congressman is like, I think he's like, oh, on, like standing over the table, not over the table, like I guess like he's sitting at the table, and the congressman puts his hand down or something, or like something like that, and he just like, oh my god, he like asks or like writes the name of the congressman, and he's like, I really want to suck those thick fingers. Yeah, he writes oh. those juicy thick fingers. I really had to like resist the urge to suck on your juicy thick fingers. And I'm like, yeah, okay, this is insane. This is insane. It is insane. <laughs> so he is he was a so Aiden Ross was a Democratic staffer for Senator Ben Cardin of Maryland, who's a Democrat, who is retiring this uh, after this after this term. And oh. yeah, and he's been asked, and they're all they've said and what they're gonna say is no comment, no comment, no comment. And the guy's <laughs> been fired. And he's already posted a, a statement on why he was fired. Uh, I'm just going to sum it up. He's blamed it on all. He's blamed his firing and whatever transpired on homophobia. He's saying that the reaction caused his firing because it's homophobic. It's not that what he did. So effectively, his thing is that you guys are you guys fired me because you're anti-gay because I had gay sex. It's like no, that's not why anti-gay. What? No, he didn't say that. I'm just saying the, the gist of his message is you guys are homophobic. That was the gist of his message, why he was fired. And okay, so what if we're homophobic? Duh. <laughs> well, that's one thing. But the other thing is, like, that isn't why you're being fired. You're being fired because you ha you've had sex at a job. That's why you're getting fired. And, and uh, Because, okay, the question is, if he's straight and he's, if he's having sex with a girl... Or something, or you know, whatever. Do you, does he still get fired? Yeah, of course he still gets fired. He still get fired. Yeah. yeah, that's the point. It's like we're not, we're not, we're not angry that you've been. Um, we're not angry that you had gay sex. We're angry that you had sex and you ruined. Um. Oh, yo. And yeah, much... any any of this, any of this is not even professional. You can you can do all that at home, but. You're doing this in the hearing room, and on top of the openly, um, wasn't it making Aiden just like posted on Instagram too? So just the fact that he did it, um, he used the, his boss's name to rent or like make the room private just for his use, so you can schedule the room and like book it for your own per private use, I guess. And he did that under the senator's name, and then had gay sex there, and I guess you know. Good question would be: Is this the first time it's happened? Is this the first time he's had gay sex in a private in those um hearing rooms? You know, this is the room where the nine eleven commission was founded. Um, it was the hearings where James Comey gave testimony against Donald Trump, where just a bunch of things that um happened in that room, and it's just insane. It's just insane. So I think there's um, I think he has a uh. Let's see, he has a statement. Um, just give me your thoughts real quick while I find the statement. The, I mean, the only, the only funny part uh, with this whole situation is the fact that he posted on IG. Like, literally, the whole thing posted on, on IG. Uh, and then there was, uh, I, I don't know if you mentioned this, but he also posted something about, I'm waiting for you, Lindsey uh, Graham. No, we just talked about that. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So I got the um... statement here. It's this is a this has been a difficult time for me as I've been attacked for who I love to pursue a political agenda. 
While some of my actions in the past have shown poor judgment, I love my job and I would never disrespect my workplace. Any attempts to characterize my actions otherwise are fabricated and I will be exploring what legal options are available to me in these matters. As for the accusations regarding Congressman Max Miller, I have never seen the congressman and I've had no opportunity or cause to yell or confront him. So pretty much he's saying that I've been attacked because I love men. Instead of a question about you. What, these accents? Yeah. Well, you gotta make it realistic. Because he it's pretty accurate. Like that. Yeah, it was accurate. Yeah, that's the point. I'm a I'm a I real get... journalist. No, you're a real, you're a real homo. Yeah, well, perhaps, but and uh, <laughs> uh, he's also like he was one of the rumored aides that or someone a, a rumored like staffer for a Democrat who yelled "Free Palestine" at Max Miller, who was a congressman as well, who's from Israel apparently, or not Israel, but he's Jewish. And they're saying they're saying that allegedly he was the one who yelled free Palestine at this congressman. Oh, okay. Um, wouldn't okay. surprise me. I mean, they're saying that that's they're saying that that's him. I mean, I I don't know. I'm not gonna say yes that it was. Um, but it's just outrageous the fact that he would literally come out here and say, "Oh, you guys are attacking me because I'm gay." It's like, no, we're attacking you because you filmed a sex tape in a Senate hearing room and publicized it. And not only that, you have prior evidence. There's prior evidence that you are an unhinged, mentally ill person. I mean, when you when you're pretty much, and it's not that he's gay. It's like okay, if if you hired a worker, no, right, he's gay. It's not just no. I'm not, I'm not saying that. The, like that's not the that's not the only problem. But the, the other problem <laughs> yeah. is that is like if you had a worker where you work, for example, like let's say where you work, one of the guys who drives the cars around. Okay, let's assume that he's jerking off in the car and, and making videos of it. And it gets found out. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. And the the thing is that you're so you can do you can do that in your home. So I don't I don't really care what he does. If he does if if Aiden has sex with dudes or is getting fucked or fucks a guy, whatever the hell he wants to do, after his job, after his shift, and he does it at I don't I don't care where, but outside of his job place, that's not a problem. I don't care because nobody's gonna know. We wouldn't know. We wouldn't even know who this guy is. We wouldn't be talking about it. If you were having, like, let's just say you had a thing, an affinity for, uh, for for midgets, you you liked fucking midgets. As long as you're not doing it at your job, I really don't care. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> that that's the thing. It's like it doesn't matter what you like as long, but when you blur that line and assume that okay, my sexuality because it's my identity, because that's also the problem here, that they've turned gender and sexuality into not just a uh, a classification of who they are, but who, mm -hmm. but effectively everything they are. So mm -hmm. because he's gay, he has to be gay in everything he does. He has to be a gay driver, a gay man, a gay filmer, a gay everything. Everything he does is gay because he's also sex crazed. And he's like a sex crazed gay man, which is the two worst things. Right. Like that's the stereotype of them. It is. Yeah. So it's like he's bringing his pro his uh, and that's really that's kind of like I think the big that's what I from what I've heard from people, that's like the beginning of noticing that yeah you have a problem you have a mental problem you have an addictive addiction problem you're addicted to sexual things, he probably has like a sex addiction, because probably he's does, taking yeah. because he's blurring the line and taking his personal sex, you know adventures and fantasies into his workplace when there should be a line what you do in your home mm -hmm. is what you do. You don't do that at your workplace. 
Well, you you also see that with instances with teachers who uh, openly talk about their sexual behaviors in front of students. Yeah. It's like don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's so wrong. It, it. Yeah. It's it's it is wrong. Yeah, for sure. It would be wrong <laughs> if a female teacher is telling her students like, "Oh yeah, you know what? I like I like doggy style, and I want it this way." Like that would be wrong. You guys it should would learn how to suck dicks and shit. Like if if a female teacher was teaching her female students how to suck dick, that would be a problem. <laughs> Right. Yeah, but this, but the, but nowadays, everything's become so identity driven that, and also victimized that he he now seems he thinks he's a victim because he can't be criticized because he's gay, mm -hmm. anything he does is protected, or because he's black he can't do anything wrong, or because he's trans he can't do anything wrong. Like these people are now believe that oh we're protected we've we are people that suffer. We're, we're we're oppressed that justifies everything we do as a act of resistance in their minds that's kind of how it does it's like oh yeah i'm gonna have sex in this room because they can't tell me shit like in his mind he probably thought he wasn't gonna get in trouble because he thought this was like an act of me just being me this is me being me but you being you you like girls with big tits you're not gonna suck on a big you're not gonna suck on big tits and at your job that's just not even though that's you even though I want to, I can't do that much. Exactly. <laughs> Even though you want to, you just don't. That's the thing. Like, yeah. it's yeah, not exactly. about because you're a straight guy. It's because that's not what you do at your job. It's called decency. It's called like having a brain that functions. But these people are so like mentally unstable and underdeveloped and just autistic almost that they just don't know how to make good decisions. It's just insane to me. That they can also come out, come around and say, "Oh, I'm you're you're oppressing me. You're racist or a, or a xenophobe. You're xenophobic because how dare you? Or homophobic because how dare you yeah. um, attack me? I'm a gay person. It's like no, just because you're gay doesn't mean you're you're above the law or above the rules. Yeah, he probably felt that since now he's had. It's it's like it's like they feel like they have the kind of privilege. You, yeah, you know exactly. how they always talk about white privilege. Exactly. And that <laughs> right. And then now since they're gay or black or anything like that, they they feel like they have that some sort of like underlying privilege. No, I'm, uh, yeah, it is it is pretty mental doing it's all this mental. stuff. And nobody wants to address that part. Nobody wants to address that part. No, then, no, nobody. Yeah. And then the second thing that bothered me was like I don't know if you saw the headline by NBC where effectively they wrote uh a, a, a Senate uh, Democratic uh, staff aide allegedly had a sex tape. Conservative outlets alleged there are, you know, did you see that headline by NBC on this? It was like that the meat that the conservative media outlets, I don't even know what that means. I thought they were dead. I thought NBC was dead. Yeah, well, soon. And then it's like, <laughs> I'm going to look it up right here. So, Senate staffer <laughs> alleged, alleged, by conservative outlets to have had sex in a hearing room is no longer employed. I mean, that's just completely wrong. It's not alleged that he did it. It's that he did yeah. it. It's him. It's out there. It's yeah. him, exactly. And also, if it was just alleged, why would they fire him? Almost immediately. He was fired within that 24-hour span. He wasn't fired today. He was fired, I think, Friday or Saturday. He was fired like within 24 hours of this coming out and becoming viral. When when did he, oh okay, wait so when did he post to that IG um, 
video. I don't know. I don't know that timeline. I just know that it happens. But I. But in terms of like when it got out was this weekend. So Friday. Uh, uh, so Friday. I'm assuming. It, okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm assuming it probably like came out like the same week. Right. Something like that. I don't know. Right. So it, so Friday into like into the weekend that was news, and he was fired. I think Saturday. I think we. I found out Saturday he was fired. Like it was it. And I believe so. Yeah. Right. And so, but the fact that the media came out and said, oh, this is just conservatives being conservatives accusing us of things. It's like, wait a second. No, it's it's not alleged. There's video evidence that this happened. Video evidence. How dare you say alleged in conservative media outlets? You see what they're trying to do. They're trying to just, de- they're trying to de-legitimize it by saying they're, it's alleged because we don't, we don't believe it because there's no evidence. And then they're saying it's conservative media outlets to say, oh, don't believe them. They're conservative outlets. They don't matter. They can't be honest to you. We're honest. That's complete bullshit. Well, there's a reason why nobody watches NBC. Yeah, nobody's watching NBC. Except for me. Except for Gross. me and Aiden. Yeah, except for me and Aiden. Me and Aiden are watching. Uh... What a loser. Yeah, me and Aiden. My bestie. Aiden, my bestie. Well, good luck to um, their gay future. I don't know. Yeah, and then, oh, yeah, I forgot the other thing. So I didn't realize that he wasn't the one being fucked, as in like America being fucked. He was fucking the guy. Oh, he was doing that. Oh, yeah, I thought he, he was, was sitting, um, yeah, he receiving. Was no, he wasn't receiving. Not, not, not in this video. So, so did they mention who was receiving? Yeah, a German, foreign, uh, like I guess someone who works for the for he's like a German agent or something, or like a German, uh, foreign, uh, like worker like he's not even from america he works for like the german diplomatics team i guess for the german oh, it's a spy. Corps. yeah he's, <laughs> it's a spy. He's, he's fucking a german spy who turns out to be gay which is insane to me i mean not the first time oh he's... my god yeah so obviously um this whole thing though is a metaphor i mean america under joe biden fucked gay gaily fucked did you say ian smith um uh, post on ig no, what is it? What do you do? He said that uh, you guys are worrying about like two gay guys screwing each other in, in the hearing room, but these senators have been fucking us over for years. <laughs> oh, I, I, I've seen a bunch of stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, it's true though. Yeah, it's like, and yeah, it's it also true, the yeah. fact that like they they spent the entire twenty twenty campaign saying decency is on our side. Decency we need to be on our side, and then but they have you know these influencers showing their tits and then they the have adults this... are back in a job but then you have joe biden shitting his pants and walking off stage sniffing little girls telling them tell me telling literally like like 13 year old girls saying call me when you're when you're a little bit older call me when you're 18 or something like that like, call me in a few years i think he told one of them that he wanted to see them on a poll you remember that one no, what the what? Hell? Yeah, he said that, that he wanted to see them on a poll, something like that. He was like, yeah, some, something along those lines. And then there was the, and then obviously this gay sex tape. And which was the only one I wanted to mention? Oh, yeah. Did you see that ghetto ass Christmas uh, music video? Yeah, I saw that. There was oh, like no was white like, people at all. Oh, of course not. <laughs> of course not. They're the ones holding the door. Yeah. They're, no, they're not talented enough to do whatever the hell that is. Here you go, guys. We'll give you some spotlight. And after that, it's our turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, no, you can't be in it here. Or you can't be white. Imagine, though. It's like, oh, my word. 
What was the point of that? It was pretty. It, it was pretty cringe. It was cringe. I'm not. I'm. And I'm not saying because of Democrats. Even if, even if a Republicans doing that, I would find that so cringe. But Republicans would never do it. That's the craziest part, right? It's like yeah, they won't do we it. We would never. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Ron DeSantis, I'm afraid, would do something extremely cringe. But can just we just keep go it back short and days, sweet? Like when we did a Christmas video and talked about Christmas and what Christmas was about and why Christmas yeah. is awesome and you know. Had yeah. pretty women like Melania with class and elegance, not showing her their ashy ass thighs. Can we yep. have? Can we go back yep. to that or no? Is that too much to ask for? Like we can't have that. I think in this day and age, it's too much to ask for. <laughs> it's too much to ask for. It's insane, and it's pretty sad. Yeah, it's insane. Bringing some uh, good Christmas theme with some gingerbread cookies, a gingerbread house, a big Christmas tree. Um, uh, add some fake snow in the White House, <laughs> and that's it. So let's move on do. to um. Let's to let's move on to um. I mentioned this tweet to you just like just like a couple minutes ago or like an hour ago. Uh, Rashard Mendenhall, who was a running yeah. When you when you when you when you message me, you you put Richard. Um, Mendenhall, I'm like, oh, and I'm I'm, I'm looking for it, but I, I didn't see it. <laughs> I go, I'm assuming it's Richard. Yeah, Richard Mendenhall. Did you read the tweet? Did you find it? Um, I didn't see the full tweet, but someone mentioned it on the. So I'll just read the comments right here. I'll read it to you right here. So and I and I checked the article. So yeah, let, it's let me just read it. Right here. Let me just read it right here. Uh, I'm sick of average white guys commenting on football. Y'all not even good at football. Can we re- please replace the Pro Bowl with an all-black versus all-white bowl so these cats can stop trying to teach me who's good at football? I'm better than your GOAT. Um, Who is your GOAT? I'm assuming that everybody's just... I don't... I mean, I don't know the context of this. Is he mad because Christian McCaffrey is, like, the best running back in the NFL and he's white? Oh, is that what we're talking about? I don't know. Uh, I was I'm assuming, assuming Tom Brady. No, no, no. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just assuming. Mm-hmm. And then again, mm-hmm. first off, to say you're better than your better than your go what Tom Brady? Let's just assume he's talking about Tom Brady, which he isn't. I don't think so. That's completely ridiculous. That's completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm like, see, I had heard, of, I knew who he was before this because when the Packers won, like, um, he got lit up by a white guy in the Super Bowl versus the Packers. I don't uh, even Clay know Matthews. who he is. Yeah, he played. He was, like, he was running back for the Steelers, and he got lit up by a white dude, a white blonde dude in the Super Bowl, Clay Matthews, who played for the Packers, and he fumbled the ball, and that 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 kind of led to the Steelers losing the Super Bowl. So to me, I'm like, wait a second, a white dude lit you up so hard you fumbled the ball, and you're bitching about because you're saying you're like white guys can't play that because that's the gist of his tweet. His gist of his tweet is saying. Black people are way better than white people at football, so y'all can't talk about football because we're better, which is the stupidest shit I've ever heard. It's completely ridiculous. I don't see a point of a a pro ball with an all-black versus all-white ball. Of course, there's no point of any game of pro of all-white, of all-black. There is no point. Yeah, I don't He's see just a point racist. at all. There's no even, like, the, like... There's not, don't even waste time looking for a point. There is none. There can't be. See, it's, it's just it's him just saying it's him being mad that there's white people that are good at a sport and he believes that white people suck. He doesn't like white people. That's the gist of it. 
which is ridiculous. It's like, dude, what? This is a he guy who is, who is who lives a way better life because there's a sport called football, and that's all he did. He's not a hero. He's not heroic. He's not brave. He's not tougher than the average person. He played a sport, and good for him. All respect to him. I can't play football. I'm not good at football. I'm not dissing him. I'm just saying that to pretend that you're this ultra-human, more virtuous, that you have a right to say that, oh, yeah, you can't do this. You're not, you can't criticize me. What? What are you talking about? Like, it's ridiculous. Like, these athletes nowadays, they don't, they feel like they're above reproach because, oh, if you don't play football, you can't criticize me. Did you know that some of the people that invented these games didn't play football? Do you know that the guy who signed your checks didn't play football? So the hunt, so the, so the Steelers, the owners of the, of the team don't play football. They don't, but they pay you. So, do you? So do they not have? So do they not pay you? the Rooney family? Does the Rooney family not have a right to negotiate contracts with you because they didn't play football? They don't know what they're talking about. So they so so they shouldn't pay you. It's completely ridiculous. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. So, um. Everybody in the comments of this tweet um, has been pretty much like saying, "Yeah, you fumbled. Like you, fu- like you fumbled this post." One of them says, "You know, you fumbled this <laughs> post like a Super Bowl carry." Uh, someone just like posted a picture like, "This you? You're black, right?" Just checking. And then remember when the Steelers lost the Super Bowl because of what Clay Matthews did to you? Yeah, I saw that Super Bowl. I remember that Super Bowl. We were in Cjax when that Super Bowl played. I remember that. Everybody was uh-huh, invested yeah. in it. Yeah. We we were all talking. That's what the black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. And so it's like, okay, <sighs> great. He won a Super Bowl. He was in. He played in a Super Bowl. And Christian McCaffrey is not like a white dude. Dude, dude. This did he not? This is how you can tell he's he just hates white people or he's jealous or he's hating on Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey was an all pro, was a Pro Bowl caliber back when he was in Carolina for those for those ass Carolina Panthers teams. He was just injured often because he was pretty much carrying that team. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, did he not, did he not, did he not see that? He was always this good. He's not just a product of the Kyle Shanahan. He was a perfect fit for the Shanahan offense in, in, in San Francisco, but he's really good. So now he's like, oh, you know, I'm, he's just mad that there's a white guy playing good. It's ridiculous because imagine a white guy said that. Imagine a white guy said, oh, I'm better than your goat, um, Tyreek Hill. You know, we should have an all whites versus all blacks Pro Bowl because y'all black people shouldn't comment on on football because they can't read. It's like, what? Like that's complete that would be racist too. I'd be saying the exact damn thing. Because it is racist and unnecessary. And it just speaks of hatred, just like what and also it's so ignorant and stupid. Like, what? Why? Like, dude. You're better than this, to be honest. Like, I don't understand what the hate is. What, what, where's the hate coming from? Because Christian, what did Christian it even came from? White? No, uh, what is no. the, where's the hate coming from? Like, because Christian McCaffrey's white. I really hate these new, these just general. It's not even it's not even the boomers. People blame the boomers, but these are like millennials. These are millennials, Gen Gen what Gen Xers. They're fucking pathetic, man. Mm-hmm. They're so fucking triggered by like race and gender. It's like why in in a black. If like a forty, he's like a forty-year-old black guy. White people are the enemy to him, even though white people have made him a millionaire. It's it's fucking ridiculous. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. But guess what? He's married to a white woman. <laughs> of course, exactly. So, 
what have I always told you? These guys, these dudes, they want to fuck white women, but they want to shit on white men. That's what they want to do because I don't for for no damn dumb for no reason. Ah oh, man, it's it's fucking ridiculous to me. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, stuff like that really really pisses me off. Yo, his his stats his his stats are really disgusting too. No, he's only known Not for really being, that good either. He's, he's really only known for in the Super Bowl for winning us. I think he won a Super Bowl with the Steelers. That's all he's known for. He's not known for being an amazing. No, Christian McCaffrey is fifty times, fifty fifty percent better, fifty times better than this guy. Just he just is. In two thousand, in two thousand eight, his rush his rushing yards were fifty eight. What was he injured? I don't fucking know. I mean, I think he was like a, I think he was like a fullback. I don't even think he was a complete running back. I think he was like a fullback or something. Right. Okay, I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. One thousand two hundred seventy-three. Well, it's not bad, but like, better than any other years. Yeah, he had one good year. That's it. One good year. <laughs> yeah. He's thirty-six years old. He won the Super Bowl. What he won the Super Bowl with the Steelers in two thousand eight or what two thousand in two thousand eight. So his rookie year, pretty much. Um, he went to Illinois. He was a good player in college, but. He just, you know, just not that guy in the NFL. I think it's just because of injuries, I think. So he fumbled. Well, yeah, he fumbled a lot. Well, I'm happy that most of the people in, in his comments are against his... Uh, yeah, the replies. Yeah, they're all like, yeah, you suck. Yeah, exactly. The fuck? Yeah, because no, normally you would see the opposite. <laughs> but this oh, tweet, yeah, white got, people do this, this tweet white has 39.8 million views. Wow. Yeah, it's like, dude, like he also said, uh, simply tired of being braided by people who aren't experts in the game. We just pretend like I'm the only athlete tired of fans talking trash. I'm just normal. You just upset over a single tweet. What about us? Like me or not? I'm a great and I'm a great in football. This proves my point. You can't speak on ball alone. So I'm like, who is he attacking with the average white guys? Is it like Pat McAfee? I don't. I don't even know. I just don't get it. Okay, like let's just think of the white dudes that over are like a single tweet. What about us? Travis Kelsey is gonna be is is arguably by the end of his career could be the best tight end of of all time. He could be the best tight end of all time. You know who's also one of the top tight ends of all time? Rob Gronkowski. Was Travis always always really that good? He was good, but then when Patrick Mahomes came, who was who was more talented than Alex Smith, he got he exploded. But that's just that. The oh, okay, I, I I thought I thought he got I thought Travis got better because of Taylor Swift. <laughs> no, 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 stop. But then when you look at a guy like Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, who plays for the Rams, he is an excellent wide receiver, excellent wide receiver. So what? He he he's like, like what are you talking about? He is extremely good. He's a super. He's won a Super Bowl, Cooper Cup. Like mm-hmm. it's ridiculous to even assume that. Oh, you know, he can't be that good. Like. Oh, uh, average white guys. It's like what? Oh wow! Someone, someone just roasted him. Delete this little bro. You fumbled the biggest. Wait, I think you said this one. You yeah, fumbled, fumbled the biggest moment of your life, and now you're getting moment in the double ratioed. And now he's t- talking a... about average white guys can't talk about because oh, okay. So, the, so the the best running back in the NFL is white. The one of one like there's a, a top ten, top five quarterback, Josh Allen in the NFL. You know, let's just say in the past three years, Josh Allen has been a top five quarterback. He's white. He plays for Buffalo. Uh, Cooper Cup, top five receiver in the league in the past last three years, three or four years. 
you gotta you have to acknowledge these things. I get it. You're black and you want black people to be better than whites because you you have a eternal anger at white people for 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 I get it. Two hundred years ago, you assume <laughs> you assume your ancestors were were on were on slave ships and then brought to the United States and were enslaved. That happened, but you assume your your ancestors were one of them. You assume because you don't know. You could turn out to be no, Jamaican. You could turn out to be just like Kamal Harris and just turn out to be Jamaican and not even have to endure American slavery. She's half Indian, half Jamaican. Remember, she that's why she's black. She's half Indian, half Jamaican. You know, no, maybe his ancestors owned slaves before. You know, yeah, you never know. Or I'm just saying, like, didn't experience slavery in America. Like, oh, American slaves, like, dude, your parents, you're 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 not from here. That's that's yeah. my point. But it's also like I've noticed this about like NFL athletes nowadays. It's like they want to be NBA players, sensitive, overpaid, and just bitchy all the time. You can't come, you can't critique them. They are divas. They get yeah. Sensitive. You always see that a lot. You, you never you never see them um, try to become the very best. They just sit there and just like complain, complain, and then think that they can just make millions off of that. It's it's like it, just it, like Kaepernick. It's it's they want to just. They want to like bitch about their own sport and and degrade the sport and the athletes that they play with. And dude, what if Christian McCaffrey came and said, "Oh yeah, no, I'm the best. I'm the best. Um, I'm better than any black running back." They would say that <laughs> yo, he's racist. Yo, people would. Get they would freak him. out if he said that. Yeah, I'm proving here that <laughs> only the white people can run the ball. No, dude. Everybody that knows Christian McCaffrey, including people like Shannon Sharp. Uh, Michael Irving, Deion Sand, all these great athletes. Everybody says the same thing about Christian McCaffrey. He is a nice ass dude, the nicest guy ever. Everybody says it. Oh yeah, he's he's a he's nice. He's humble. He's cool. And you got this dude just shitting like attacking you. I'm I'm assuming because I don't know. I don't know because I don't understand why you would be angry at a white or a running oh, back. I, I, white. I, That's what I'm assuming. I, I see the picture of the of the fumble that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, he fumbled ball. Uh, yeah, that's Clay Matthews, uh, <laughs> Clay Matthews just destroyed the shit out of him, and he fumbled the ball. So I just want to talk about those comments because that's I do like this... my nerves. No, yeah, no, it is annoying. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm happy I saw this tweet because he said it's okay, just blame it on CTE like you guys love to do when you ruin your life. <laughs> Bruh, that's crazy. That's wild. <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> It's so funny. Oh man. Well, let's see who's next. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Bitching. Let's complaining. get into the. Um, let's get into the. Um, into the John Fetterman. So oh, Fetterman's favorite, come out. My favorite senator. Yeah, Fetterman's becoming your. Who's my favorite senator? Oh, John Kennedy. That's my favorite senator. That's why. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, John. He's my. Yeah, but my next favorite is 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 John Fetterman. I mean, Fetterman. I get it. Like, he's a Democrat still. He believes in abortions and you know, can't talk to save his life. But he's been, I think, becoming the fan favorite of the Republican establishment. Not just not the MAGA only, but just the, because he did vote to to protect the FBI, and he's voted to extend the NDAA. That's he believes in that all that kind of stuff. So that's why that's why I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, well, he's gonna be a Republican now. Like some conservatives yeah, no, are like, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, he's on the he's not on the mega bandwagon. He just agrees on two things. He agrees on let's just say three things. This would where we're up, what I'm about to show, and then immigration and 
Uh, he's pro-Israel, which we'll get into later. But I want to show a video here um, about exactly what we're talking about. Has anyone from his party said anything about him being pro-Israel? Um, people have complained. I don't think people in the party haven't looked into that, but people have complained effectively, saying that, you know, hey, while... Well, they, they probably talked to him in privately. Yeah, you know how that goes. That is not John Fetterman. That's John <laughs> Fetterman, dude. That's his bald-ass head. Dude, You'll see know. the smoke coming on top of his head? Look at look at all that smoke coming out of his head. I mean, he does have a bump on that left side of the head. Yeah, that's where he, that's, yeah. All right, let's take a listen to what he says here. This is about U.S. Steel uh, potentially being bought out by a Japanese company um, in the coming days and nearing a sale, which would mean that U.S. Steel, the uh, pretty much a world-renowned and historically significant company, um, is, would be under the control of a foreign company, a foreign co uh, company or foreign nation for the first time in 122 years. So the company is 122 years old, and this would be pretty much huge. So let's just play the video right here. I'm standing on the roof of my home right here in Braddock, Pennsylvania, right across the street from the Edgar Thompson plant. And I just have to say it's absolutely outrageous that they have sold themselves to a foreign nation and a company. Can't do that. Steel is always about security as well, too. And I am committed to doing anything I can do from using my platform or my position in order to block this. And I'm going to fight for the steel workers and their union way of life here as well, too. And we cannot ever allow them to be screwed over or left behind. Yo, you got no, the man, same that's grammar not him. as... You got that's the same, not him. Dude, you got the same grammar as John Fetterman. Wait, what? You got the same grammar as John Fetterman. Kill yourself. Uh, that is not him. Bro, that's him. No, he, he, didn't, he didn't even fumble his words. What do you mean? You know how he yeah, is. See, see, that's how I know you guys have the same. He, what do you mean he didn't he always, fumble his words? That was some of the you worst know how he grammar. Is. He, he always... That was some of the worst grammar I've heard in my life. This guy always fumbles and stutters his words. Dude, you know him. Dude, that was some of the worst grammar in my life. I know you didn't notice it because you used the same type of grammar, but that was horrible. Steel is also security as well, too. What? What? How is that a sentence? How is that a sentence? Nah, man, this guy's a fraud. So this is in response to effectively um, news that um, Nippon Steel, a Japanese company, is going to acquire U.S. Steel for $14.1 billion. Uh, the deal mm -hmm. ends month-long sales process for a 122-year-old company created by J.P. Morgan and Andrew Carnegie. Uh, U.S. Steel oh, okay. effectively was, at the height of the Cold War, U.S. Steel was the largest steel manufacturer and, pro and refiner in the world. Most of the world's steel came out of Pennsylvania. That's how significant U.S. Steel is. At the height of the Cold War, wow. most of the world's steel came out of uh, places like Easton, most importantly, Bethlehem. You know the casino in Bethlehem? That, that, that's yeah. pretty much sure. one of the big plants of steel that came out of, which employed thousands of people in just an entire area that worked there. And effectively, that's pretty much going to be done. I mean, U.S. Steel uh, would make Nippon Steel already one of the world's largest steel makers into the top suppliers of the American auto industry. It would give the Tokyo-based company access in the United States to specialized steel used in electric vehicle motors, 
along with steel used in appliances and construction materials. Uh, the deal Monday ends a long, a months-long sales process for U.S. Steel, which has been evaluating various offers for its business since August. Um, yeah, no, this was a company that was incredibly had a huge role, integral role in the industrialization of the United States. It made steel far more um, accessible, cheaper, and um, it looks that it's going to close soon. And even though it's going to retain its name, um, it would pretty much take away our um, our access to these to these materials. It would now be in the hands of a Japanese company, which allegiance to Japan. I think what he's saying is, you know, when we have over 11,000 workers who are unionized as well. And the United States government isn't being informed in the fact that U.S. Steel, one of the biggest steel makers in the world, isn't being informed or we're not making an effort for an American company to buy it out. I think he's right when, you know, that's the thing that we sort of lose in terms of globalism that people don't understand. These these new business leaders that come from East Asia, like China, Taiwan, India, especially those two those two big ones, they don't understand things like unions. They don't understand things like uh, overtime pay. They don't really comprehend things like you know bonuses and days off and four hundred one k plans. I've I've seen it. I've seen and this isn't really a racial thing. I've just seen it. It's a clash of cultures. Like, yeah. You don't have that in other cultures. We're the only. We're one of the. Mm -hmm. We're the biggest country, obviously, so we're the more significant example. But outside of the West, it's not really a big deal for it's not a it's not a thing. It doesn't exist in India. There's no one. There's no there. It's not a common for a company to offer you a a private pension, a four hundred one k match program, or to have extended vacation days, to have a union rights. That's not a thing. So so Fetterman's coming from the angle of. Yeah, we. I want to protect U.S. Steel because I want to protect the workers. And Trump's yeah. coming at it and saying, I want to protect U.S. sovereignty and U.S. The, the ideals of the United States of having the ability to manufacture and produce steel for its own country. But we're just selling it off to a Japanese company that's now going to be able to control the steel auto, the, the steel for autos for cars, that market, which is like a just a material supply, um, like sub market. We're, they're going to control the steel for appliances, and they're going to control they're going to control the steel for construction. So all of those things is going to be under control of a Japanese company instead of an American company that we would assume would always have the nation's interest at heart too. Now it's not. It's going to be owned by a corporate Japanese company, even though Japan is our ally. I mean that'll be short lived yeah. in the next you know thirty. <laughs> but yeah, it's even though it's long. an ally, it just takes away from this culture we had of the United States. I mean, just think about it. 60 years ago, U.S. Steel was the biggest manufacturer of steel in the world. And it's just 60 years later, it's being sold off to a Japanese company. That's the end. I mean, we're talking about J.P. Morgan, Carnegie. We're talking about the core, one of the core foundations of U.S. industrialization, what made us what we are today. And it's gone. We don't. We no longer have we'll just, it. Would this also allow them to create their, uh, to build their own warehouses or factories in in their homeland, in their homeland, or in Japan, in Japan. Well, they were able to access what we have, so they've now bought out not what we have as a country, but the company. So, 
U.S. Steel makes specialized steel also, not just generic steel beams, but it makes specialized steel products that they probably don't make or they don't know how to make them. Okay. Now they can make them. They don't not just know okay. how to make them. They'll find out how to make them. They'll know how to make them, but they'll have access to learn. the already made products and they, they can sell them and it'll profit Japanese investors, not American investors. Mm. But it's just right. sad because they're also they never talk to the union workers, they never talk to the workers. And again, that's why I said, you know, foreign companies don't really have a don't really understand unions, they don't understand benefits, they don't understand, you know, one hour break times. There's this incredible documentary, I forget the name of it, but it was there was like a movie or documentary of pretty much a Chinese company buys out a warehouse or a factory in the, like in Indiana or something or Ohio. And they have, and the people there, it's like, it's a complete culture shock. People used to have one hour breaks. Now it's being reduced to five, 10 minute, five or yeah, 10 that's, minute breaks. Yeah, that's, that's what's coming to us because these cultures, they don't believe in any of that. They don't believe in breaks. They don't believe in, uh, you know, unions. They don't believe in, you know, personal PTI. You're not going to be able to call out for dinner on Saturday under a Chinese or Indian boss. You're not. They're going to be like, I don't care. I'm going to call out for, I can have dinner. They, they don't give a shit about you. Like, you're a worker. Who cares? I can find another one of you. Because in their countries, that's the that's the assumption. There's just so many people that need a job. And also, remember, these are authoritarian countries that they come from. In their minds... How does, how does, how does deals work like this? If like, you're making a deal with a foreign country, um, would they have to go through, like, the state or... Or, no, they go. They go or, to. Or, or they federal, go to the vendor. Or... No, they go to the vendor. So they're what they're doing here is that they're buying out the company. They go to the board of directors of this company and they present a deal. They say we're going to buy you out at, like Elon did. We're going to buy you out at this share price, or we're going to buy the majority shares in this at this price. And then obviously that has to be approved by the by a regulatory. So the SEC or something has to come in and regulate that deal to see that legal practices were done, that you know legal things were done. That there wasn't insider trading, that there wasn't insider findings, that there wasn't like foul play, that the contracts are legit, that there isn't fraud. Okay. That's how it worked. But okay. in terms of like, can you do this? No, that 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 doesn't really happen. Because remember, this isn't like we're not we're not a totalitarian country that like let's say Venezuela or Cuba that has market control. They don't have market controls like they do, where they can decide who buys or who has anything. So in Cuba yeah, you can build a house, but in, but if the government deems that you don't have a right to that house or that you don't need that house, they'll come and take it away. That's they'll fucked. say, you can't do that. Or in China, they'll say, you can't op- you can't buy this business because we're not because it's not what we want to do now. And you can't. That's it. So they, I mean, those countries, that's how they work. But um, that's different for us. Uh, it's kind of interesting to uh, me, this, this okay. turn of Fetterman. I mean, he's been... Over these, like, every other month, he comes and has, like, this revelation, I guess, where all of a mm-hmm. sudden he's talking about, you know, economic, this is this is pretty much economic nationalism, saying, you know, mm-hmm. I want an American company to be run by Americans, because it's crucial to American security. And it kind of is. And he has yeah. a point when he says that. He just doesn't know how to say it. I mean, when you say that, when you come out and say, steel is uh, also, is security also, in a way, I'm like... <laughs> You're saying he talked, he didn't stumble his words. That's horrible grammar. I mean, come on now. Like that, that's the worst grammar sentence structure I've ever heard in my life. Because I was too busy um, worrying about his, his, his fumbling and his stuttering. That, no, that's, his, still that's, his main, that's his main thing. It, everything's bad. <laughs> oh, Fetterman. Yeah, but it's surprising because he also came out the other day uh, saying, you know what? 
he had an interview, I think, or he replied to a comment or something, where he pretty much said that, yeah, you know what? I'm not a progressive. I'm going to be on the right of some issues. You know, he's pro-Israel. He's not in favor of Hamas. The progressives hate him for that. They're like, I thought you would be on Hamas. Yeah, he's got a lot of backlash on the Palestinian for that, side. Yeah. I thought Fetterman would be on the Palestinian side. And he's saying, you know what? No, I'm not. I'm, I don't like what Hamas did. I don't like the atrocities they've committed. I guess he's his, in his understanding of the conflict, he believes that Israel has not not only a right to defend itself, but is doing the right thing because he has come out very pro-Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised right. if it's because his dad is in, was in, or is or was involved in the insurance industry in New York City because his parents were rich. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's why he's in, in, involved with the pro-Israel. And also, the he's, what's also surprising is that he's like pro-immigration oh, pro reform. He's very pro-immigration reform. That's what's surprising to me. Um, you know, he's been talking about that we need to get something done at the border, that it's unsustainable, and that he's going to effectively work with Republicans to um, reform the immigration system so the I guess we don't have all these people coming in because that's unsustainable, things like that. And then there were people like Newsweek saying, you know, oh, he's contradicting his wife because his wife was an illegal immigrant. She's um Brazilian, but she became she came in illegally and then she pay, became a resident in two thousand five. Oh, yeah, his wife who thinks who thought you know you remember her. She was taking the pictures like, oh, I'm the senator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so remember. you know that that was the main gist of the um of the thing. Um, yeah, let, let let's you know where is this going? Is is Fetterman gonna become a Republican now? No, he's not. No. He is a he is a I'm not going to say moderate, but he is a, I would say, average left, lefty Democrat. He's not, he believes in, you know, uh, the single payer system. He believes in, you know, the, the right to choose pro-choice. He believes in all the gay and trans stuff. You know, I'm not going to even bother in getting into the other stuff. But uh, let's <laughs> move on to the, um, I'm going to talk, I want to talk a little bit about the um, GOP debates. Because... Um, there's news now that apparently there are new polls that came out effectively saying, you know, you know what? Haley is at 29%. She's rising in New Hampshire. She has the endorsement 29. of Kristen Uzunu. Trump is at 44. Nikki Haley is at 29%. Uh, I believe that DeSantis is next with like 13 or something. Uh, then it's Christy with 10, Vivek with 5, and Ada with 1. Vivek with 5? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, in New Hampshire. This is in Iowa. New Hampshire. So Nikki Haley gains on Trump in New Hampshire while he continues Ada's still to dominate in Iowa. Yeah, Ada's still here with 1%. That's good. So Trump 44, <laughs> Haley 29, DeSantis 11, 10 Christie, 5 Ramaswamy, and Hutchinson. In the Iowa caucus, Trump is at 58, DeSantis 22, Nikki Haley 13, Ramaswamy 4, Christie 3, Ada 1. Yeah, so eight is still here, yo. Um, oh, I, I mean, people kind of forget, you know, the whole country isn't MAGA country. You know, New Hampshire, it is part of the, that New England Republican bloc, which is moderate. It's, it's the problem that we have in New Jersey and in New York. The Republicans that are here, unfortunately, the majority of the so-called Republicans that are here are all very moderate. They're soft-spoken. They want, they liked high-educated if they're Republicans, they're really more there because of the they don't like the crime and they don't like the high taxes. But when you talk about things like economic nationalism, 
they're not here for it. That's not why they're here. They're not here. No. So, it's not like us. Yeah, I've kind of, uh, yeah, I've, I've kind of noticed that, especially with New Jersey too. So there have been these, um, pretty much these comments that you know, hey, is the vague is is Nikki Haley going to be um the VP? And I have some, I have a video here of her, pretty much, because she's been now that she's risen up and she's been effectively blessed by the by the establishment. Um, she's been she's been going on interviews everywhere. So now we have to watch her, and she has had a very difficult time in the media distancing or separating herself from Trump. So a guy asks, you're like, hey, why don't you go to Trump more? And she kind of just didn't know how to answer the question. And now here she is with Chris Sununu, the nobody gives a shit about him nationally, but he thinks so. Um, governor of New Hampshire. His father is a Trump is a Trump guy, but he isn't, of course. Um, <laughs> and he endorsed Nikki Haley instead of Ron DeSantis, which Ron DeSantis cried about. Oh, it's so crazy. So Chris Anunu signed the DeSantis bus that's being ridden in New Hampshire. And he then endorsed well, okay. uh, Nikki Haley, which is hilarious. Um, so let's listen to this. Uh, what's up, what's up with the here. switch? And I think for Republicans, they're looking at the fact that, look, we've got to get this back on track. And they like the idea of a new generational leader. You know, I agree with a lot of Trump's policies. I think he was the right president at the right time. But looking at the situation now, our country's in disarray, the world is on fire, and chaos follows him. And we can't have a country in chaos for four more years or we won't survive it. I hear you say that a lot, chaos follows him. But is it chaos follows him or does he create the chaos? What, I mean, that sounds so passive, He chaos follows him. I mean, I, rightly or wrongly, you call it whatever you want to call it, but when you feel it, it's chaos. When I tell these rooms that, they all nod their head. They get it. It's the chaos. And Americans are tired. They want government to work for them again. And they want to win. And you look at these general election polls, and Biden and Trump are head-to-head. -head. It's going to be another nail-biter. I defeat Biden by 17 points. For someone in New Hampshire where, you know, it's not about big government, we loved the idea that he was going to drain the swamp. That was an amazing opportunity. Didn't even try. I mean, literally didn't even try. So if he talks about those issues, he has to kind of own those failures. So he's always going to talk about retribution and just kind of try to spur something up. Yeah, I mean, buddy, you're part of the swamp. I mean, we flush it oh, out. Where did it start? Oh, yeah, I don't care. You're going to be, uh, you're going to be down there. So um, that shows her struggling. I mean, she doesn't really have an she doesn't have an idea. I mean, this idea that chaos follows Trump. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to say it this way. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say it's funny. She mentioned that Trump has good, a lot of good policies that she likes, but chaos follows him. And then the guy asked asked her, where did it start? And she didn't give out like a good answer for it. So it's like, yeah, where did it start? And why no, would you no, even no, say no. That? that? He's not asking that. He's saying that that what he was saying was it was it doesn't like not that it's like when did it start is doesn't he start it? He's trying to say, the guy asks the question, doesn't Trump start the chaos? Not that it follows him. One would say that he starts it, not that when did he start it. Okay. He's trying to say, yeah, he's not here defending Trump or defending, he's not. <clears throat> he's here to say that Trump is the chaos. And you're literally saying that it follows him. He's saying, in his view, that Trump is the chaos. It's completely ridiculous. All of it's ridiculous. But I'm just highlighting the attention she's not getting now that she's um, extremely popular mm -hmm. or rising in the mm -hmm. polls. 
Um, and then there's also been talks of pretty much her being a potential. So the rumor started because Lara, Lara Trump, wife of Eric. Mm. God love you, dear. But just going on Newsmax and telling Eric Bowling that, you know, Trump might, you know, I'm not going to deny Nikki Haley being the the VP. Look, look, he, he, Trump called her bird brains. I don't think she's going to be the VP. Okay, <laughs> Trump, Trump, Trump said that Ted Cruz was the Zodiac killer. You're trying to tell me that he never even thought about Cruz being the VP. What's wrong with you? God love you, here, but I'm sorry. That's just ridiculous. And yeah, even if I, if if, because this is how this Come would work. Brain, you're vice president. This is how this would work. They're not going to tell you that she's going to be the nominee. They're going to leak it out and see what the reaction is. And so they're seeing this is what's happening right now. I'm sure Trump is seeing the reaction and saying, yeah, I'm not going to choose her. This is they're going to revolt because we're not. She has just rejected everything. She's a warmonger. She wants to send troops to Ukraine. She wants to send troops to um, to 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 Israel and Palestine. She has no problem with that. She's been out there saying she would start war with Iran. That is insane. Insane. She wants to start conflicts. She talks about chaos follows him. She wants to create more chaos in the name of saving democracy or whatever. And then talking about people want to go back to the days where government served them. What are you talking about? The days before Trump, we were being fucked by our government. We had a we had a gay man as president and, and a trans dude as our first lady. What are you talking about? Go back to that. People need yeah, to remember name what either. was the country like before Trump? Did we talk about the deep state before Trump? Nobody talked about the deep state the deep state before Trump. It was a conspiracy theory. He revealed everything. Not through what he said and what he did. It was by just by what he was and what he threatened, what he as a person and what and what his what his agenda threatened to the government, to the establishment. That's how we saw that the deep state was real. That's how I saw it was real. Because they have been trying every month to get rid of him. To get rid of him, and that's and that's yeah. the um, and that's that's what what I saw. So it's just completely ridiculous. And we see people like um, we've seen it. I've seen. Um, I'm gonna post just put this video here of um, of Tucker Carlson here with um the for the guys at Timcast at at Freedom Fest on Tucker for VP. Yeah, Tucker Free is interesting. I don't think he would do it. I don't think he wants to. I don't think he views himself as being capable of it, yeah. but he is. Someone asked me, would you vote for Trump if he chose Nikki as VP? And I, would you guys vote no? for Trump? Well, I that's mean, the question that I asked you specifically. Well, I, right. I, I, I would not only not vote for that ticket, I would I would advocate against it as strongly as I could. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I well, that, that's, guys, just, I, that's just poison. I mean, here's someone who's actively opposed to the interests of the country I grew up in, who endorsed the BLM riots, and who is... Not only is it's not left, but is neoliberal in the darkest, most speaking of nihilist, nihilistic mm -hmm. way, and has no real popular support. Is like is a creature of the oligarchs. So yeah, that would be that would be reason to oppose the ticket. Yeah, no, 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 he's right. I mean, that's that's it's like it's just opposed to everything we believe in. It's it's not it's not what we would want. Why would he ever choose that? So I don't think he's gonna. I really don't think he's going to. Let me just put this here. I think this is. Oh, he's also talking about. I'm going to just talk about the DeSantis. Watching DeSantis flail in, in New Hampshire is completely satisfying. It's satisfying to me. I love it. I'm, I, I love that. And he's been talking about, and he's going to talk here about about DeSantis and just how 
how that campaign's just been a complete flop. Can I just ask a question since you all are so on the internet and <laughs> like I'm not that much? Um, you really get the sense that Ron DeSantis, who I liked as governor, uh, the people who represent him online are the nastiest, the stupidest, and the most zero-sum people I've ever yes. seen in my life. And I don't think that reflects him, but it's like, this is kind of small ball. And by the way, these purported conservatives, Ron DeSantis changed his view, and I like him, okay? I think he's been a good governor. I just want to be clear about that. I know him personally, I like him. But his donor, Ken Griffin, told him to change his view on Ukraine from it's a regional conflict mm -hmm. we shouldn't get involved in to it's a super important thing we should send more money. One donor got him to change his view, and all these wow. so-called conservatives are supporting that like it's the most important thing ever. I, like, who are these people, and what is their problem? Like, what is going on with them? It, it does reflect on Ron because Ron should have fired the people running his campaign a long time ago. Uh, look, I, I respect that he wanted to launch his campaign on X, on Twitter Spaces yeah, at the time. Yeah, I agree. And it, and it failed miserably. This is a mistake. And now you've got, uh, look, I know a lot of people groan, but a lot of people laugh. The high heels, you know, boot scandal. I mean, who's giving this guy advice and why does he keep taking it? Because I, I will say it politically and, and policy-wise, we love Ron DeSantis. Yeah. He's done an amazing job. I agree. But his campaign is a train wreck. Yeah. I've been saying that from the damn beginning. Look at all these people on Twitter bitching about like, oh, but he's a better governor than I'm like, no, what are you talking about? See, what did I say last time? I have high expectations because when you tell me he's going to be a generational leader, I need to see it. I want to be led. You're going to lead me. Yeah. I, I want I, I want to be led. You're going to tell me you're going to bring generational change, but when I see you, you're in a complete dud. You just flame out. That's a complete disappointment. And I've been saying it. But you know what the reason is, right? His wife runs the campaign, so he can't do anything. And his wife wants to be the next Hillary Clinton. And that's what that's what's going to happen. Dirty. He would be completely content. Well, I, I, I do, I do agree with what Tim when he said that like his his own people are, are the ones that are just telling him the wrong things. He should fire them. You know. Yeah, he but he can't. Just I just said why there. he can't. His wife runs the campaign. That's why. His wife runs well, the other campaign. other people too. Won't be. It's not just his wife. It's other people too. That's up on no, his no, ears no, no, telling no. him what to do. No, no, no. His wife runs the campaign, meaning that she is the top caller. She calls the shots. He listens to her. He defers to her. Runs a bitch. She calls the shot. Yeah. Well, he's just a cuckold. That's the reality. I've been saying it from the beginning. He is a complete yeah, disappointment. He's, he's, it's he's a complete train wreck. This. That campaign when he launched on Twitter to make a statement because Elon Musk. By the way. Elon Musk, he gave Ron DeSantis gave Elon Musk a sweet deal to come to Florida. He did that. He gave him a deal protecting him. <laughs> a free, he gave him a free deal protecting him of freedom for freedom of speech. He gave him protected speech in Florida. That's what he did. So X wouldn't be sued in Florida. They got a deal for protected speech and et cetera. And then he gives him, then Ron DeSantis goes on the platform and announces his campaign, which was a complete flop. It crashed. Oh. The wow. most organized yeah. presidential campaign. You remember that. This isn't new to you. Yeah. Yeah. The most organized presidential campaign flopped on day one. Because they can't get an announcement ready. And everybody was like, this is the threat. And I was like, this is this is the threat to Trump? No, it's not. When I saw that, I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be easy. This is completely ridiculous. It's not real. <laughs> His fans aren't real. I've, I haven't seen one DeSantis fan in, in, in real life. In real life. But they're everywhere on Twitter. And he's right. They're some of the nastiest, zero-sum, talentless hacks I've ever met in my life. I mean, I get people that are triggered. They're just pathetic. Just pathetic. And they're rewriting history to make it seem that 
DeSantis was a political star before Trump even came along. Nobody knew who Ron DeSantis no, was. Nobody, I, I didn't along. know who he was. Nobody knew who he was. And I'm I'm into politics. I had no idea who he was because he was an obscure senator, uh, congressman from Daytona, Florida. That's what he was. And he tells these stories about how nobody knew who nobody in his district knew who he was when he was. He said it on the Pat uh, on the Patrick Bed David show. I'm like, what is? Why would you tell the stories? The stories he tells make no sense. And I'm sitting there saying, Ron, you're a young man, but you but you talk like as if you were raised in the 1950s. Two, you you why are you dressing with jeans and boots all the damn time and wearing a suit coat? I don't get that either. Three, you were a baseball captain at Yale. You served in the army, even though you were just a lawyer. You didn't serve in actual combat. You should have stories. You should have stories. I, I've listened. I've been listening to people who served in the army and in special forces on, on YouTube shorts and IG reels and you know those podcasts that are out there. You know of guys who serve. Yeah. A lot yeah. of guys, what they miss is the camaraderie. They, that's a big t- big thing. Of, not the biggest thing they miss, but that's a big portion of what they miss. Mm-hmm. Why can't DeSantis talk about that? But you know what it is? I, I gave you this analogy last time. He's the star quarterback of the team who's really good at his job on the field, but when he gets off the field, he's completely boring. He's talking about yeah. uh he's talking about, you know, library books and city ordinances and he's saying, you know, he's talking about you know, the WEF, they're they're trying to reset the whole civilization. It's like <laughs> it's like Ron, we're going to a frat house. Shut the fuck up. Oh man. Like he walks into a house and he's like, "Oh wow, what type of painting do you use? Is this, is this up to code? Is your plumbing up to code?" Like Ron, we're at a we're at a party. Shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's him. That's just what he is. He he was, and it, it's like, dude, I just don't. It's completely disappointing because again, I'm having high expectations. See, I don't have these expectations for Vivek Ramaswamy or Nikki Haley. You know why? Because nobody told me that uh, they would be generational leaders of a conservative movement. They did. He did. He, his wife, and his team did, who are unsufferable. They did. I never assumed it. I'm just taking what they said. And they are complete disappointments. Incredibly disappointing. Incredibly disappointing. Well, well, in the long future, I I don't think that he's going to win anything if if his wife is going to be running the show. You we should what? we should honestly call it Bootgate with his uh, high heels. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what the that's what the name is, Bootgate or Heelgate. One of these two. <laughs> I think it's Heelgate because he has heels. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, just that the the inability to handle that. And Patrick talked about. Remember when Trump in twenty sixteen, everybody was like, "Oh, that's fake hair. That's fake hair. That's fake hair." And he was on Jimmy Fallon. What did Jimmy Fallon do? He went like this, yeah. Rubbed his hair out, yeah. Yeah, and Trump, I'm sure, wasn't that happy, but he looked happy when he did it. He was like laughing, and yeah, he, he had he had to be out to do it, do it for the fans, for the people. So it's not for the fans. It's like you know what? I'm just gonna like, I'm gonna show that I'm a real person. Yeah, right. So Patrick gives him these boots, and he's just like, I can't take those. No, I can't take gifts. I can't take gifts. It's like Rob. Oh, yeah, you did say that. Yeah, Rob. What is going, dude? Play around, take off your, you know, joke around, show off. Hey, I got a new pair of boots, guys. They don't have heels in them. Except the gifts. Wait, how come he can't? How come he can't take the gifts? Because he's a state official and doesn't want to be seen as he's getting bribed. Brody, we all know you're getting bribed. Anyways, the point is, the point is, is that, um, you know, joke around, joke around, have fun with it. 
Trump had fun around with the hair thing. No. He had fun. He had fun. Have fun with it. Chris Christie, he had fun with the weight thing. He had fun with it. You know, we all joke about it. He had fun with it. Actually, yeah. Actually, yeah, he did. He did. He's not, he's not, he, you know. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't bitch that much. No, he didn't bitch that much. Thing. No, like, come on now, guys. Like, this is completely ridiculous. Like, you, like when Joe Biden, when we attacked Joe Biden over the Doug Brandon thing, they tried oh, turning yeah. that into a meme. <laughs> they tried yeah. turning that into a meme. That's how, <laughs> hey, have fun with yourself. Remember when um uh, when someone called into the Joe into the uh, Joe and Jill Christmas uh thing or New Year's uh, phone call, the radio show and oh, was like um, let's go Brandon said, yeah exactly yeah I think Joe Biden <laughs> he, he said was like, he was like, like yeah he was like yeah exactly let's go Brandon <laughs> something I mean, like that he, it's either one he's dementia and he has no idea who Brandon is or who the hell he is or yeah. maybe he's jo- he's fucking right. around he's joking around you know yeah. like, right yeah. like yes. The fact that eighty-year-old Joe Biden has more charisma than Ron DeSantis is is incredibly horrible. That should tell you everything to me. Yeah, that that says it all. That says it all. It's completely oh, disappointing. Yeah. So I had some. Uh, I think I had some remaining uh, videos here that I want to post about. Trump pretty much at his. Uh, so this is Trump. I think recently in New Hampshire, just what he was trying to say. I think about. Um, that's a second clip, so we'll just talk about it. I think they're referring to the... Do you know that? While the stock market is making rich people richer, Biden's inflation catastrophe is demolishing your savings and ravaging your dreams. He's right. He's right. Isn't he? Yeah, he is destroying my savings. Yeah, he all of our savings. And then this uh, I, don't, I don't save much like I used to anymore. President I mean, is talking at... These are the things that the message and also the person they matter so we grew the conservative movement into a working people's movement and we transformed the republican party into the working people's party and we are never ever going back we've increased our size massively we're winning areas now that we never thought possible i think we're going to have a tremendous 22 we had a tremendous 20, but bad things happened. Very, very bad things happened. And we're going to have a great, great 24, but we have to watch the vote counters. Our movement must continue to pursue a populist, nationalist, economic agenda that puts working families before globalist politicians and woke multinational corporations who are mentally ill in many cases. They're sick. I mean... It's it's the messenger and the way he presents the message and also the actions, like the actions, his agenda speaks for his time as president, speaks for itself, right? Yeah. It speaks right. for itself. But then what Rob can't do is talk. He can't talk off the, the, the script or when he does talk off the script, it just, it's bland as he always is. Like his scripts are the same way he talks. Yeah, right. Like I Trump is a bit more different. Some, some, most of his times, his messages are insanely clear. Like everyone, everyone understands. Everyone understands. He's talking to the normal person because he's built a movement. Like we were talking about Fetterman. It's this is economic nationalism, populism, just for the working class people. He's protecting the working class that move the country, the people that make Mm -hmm. that cook breakfast at the diners, the people that ship the the products, the truck drivers, the the cooks, the waiters, the nurses, the teachers, the technicians. You know, exactly. all of those people coming together. That that's the movement he's trying to build. Ron Sanders doesn't talk about that. He doesn't talk about the movement. Right. 
He talks about yeah. Florida. In Florida. It's completely disappointing. Completely disappointing. And that's why I think, you know, it's it's going to be difficult for him to just maintain himself <clears throat> uh, to keep going in the in the Republican primary. I, I think, I just don't think, I don't see, it's, it's not a sustainable campaign anymore. If, if Nikki Haley outdoes the Ron DeSantis in Iowa, I don't think he gets to Nevada. I don't think he gets to Nevada. Is he at least number two in any states? Is that number two in Iowa as of now? So the ones that matter, I'm just looking at the ones that matter for right now. Florida's two way out, and he's losing in Florida by like thirty points. To, to, to which Trump, is, which is, and that's okay. your home state. Yeah, that is your but home I'm, state. But I'm not really looking at that yet. I'm looking at the first four. I'm looking at you know Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and uh, South Carolina, and he's not winning in any of those. Mm-hmm. He's losing. He's second, and he's losing by at least twenty points in each one. And worse, in, and it's worse in New Hampshire, of course, and, and it's not good in Iowa. So, um, all right, we're going to end this with vice presidential. We're going to end this episode with the vice presidential candidate. So we've already ruled out Nikki Haley. Ron DeSantis, forget about it. I've been looking at more, uh, since it's coming up, we're all posting ideas on Twitter next. Everybody's talking about ideas. I've ruled out before. We've talked about this before, but I'm just going to keep an updated segment of it. I don't want Nikki Haley. And I don't want Naranda Santos. That's not going to happen. I like Byron Donalds, but that just can't happen because Trump is running from Florida. And, and, and Byron Donalds lives in Florida. So the Constitution prevents two people from the same state on the same ticket. Oh, so okay. right. Trump oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you did would never that, happen. Yeah. Trump, Byron Donalds could never happen unless Trump had run from New Jersey or New York like he did the first time. I, I don't know, want I know Vivek doesn't want to do it. Yeah, Vivek says he doesn't want to do it, but I think Vivek would be a great cabinet secretary in some capacity. Um, I'm looking at, I told you who my pick is, Ben Carson. I think Ben Carson is a fantastic pick. Fantastic pick. Uh, yeah, I, I did see a lot of people who are pushing more into Ben Carson. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't mind Ben Carson at all. I think Ben Carson would be a fantastic pick. Um, I'll just post some. I'll, I'll show some things right here. I mean, I'm gonna show some videos here of, of what Ben Carson was saying here at the. Um... But he's a fantastic pick. I think I don't want Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake is. I don't want her. Um, they've been looking at. Um... Uh, she yeah, she's and, too in in, in experience. Yeah, I she's really... she's also not won any elections. I get it. It's I get. That's yeah. I get they're saying they stole it, etc. But look. Trump likes winners. No, exactly. Um, he's he. They're looking at, um, at least um, Stefanik, the New York con- Congresswoman. I think she was the one who oh, went off on the college professors on the college presidents on the Ivy League. Oh, her. A uh, president, yeah, her. Okay. And um, so I'm gonna like post this. I'm gonna like I want to play this video of Ben Carson real quick because I think it was ex- it, what he said here was. Completely, it's a concept that leftists can't handle. They don't like. Um, I think I think this would be ideal for us to look at real quick. And this is a big reason why I think he's good because he's articulate on these issues. He's he's experienced and he's good and he's loyal. Um, and he's also not going to outshadow Trump, which is what we don't want. So this is a good pick right here. No, I think this would be a good pick right here. Sponsored by Turning we, Point. We don't we don't want a second Trump. Well, you we don't want two alphas in the room. You don't you can't have that. Um, a flag carrier would be good. And not to say that Ben Carson isn't an, isn't an alpha. I mean, in the, in the surgery room, he obviously is an alpha, but those are <laughs> right. Yeah. 
came from England, they came from France, they came from Africa, they came from Sweden, they came from India. You're better off here than you would be where they came from. I can barely hear them. And, you know, there was a time in our history where racism was rampant. Okay, but in my lifetime, time that I've been alive, it has changed dramatically. When I was six years old, I went to Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I saw signs, whites only, colors only, and they explained to me what this was all about. In the same lifetime, we have black admirals and generals and CEOs of Fortune 500 companies and heads of foundations and university presidents, and we've had a president of the United States and a vice president, although you don't see her. So, I mean... You know, that really represents a very significant change in a short period of time. And if our country was all that bad, why are these people trying to get in it? And when they get here, wouldn't they call their relatives and say, don't come here, this is a horrible place? This is not what we're seeing. We're seeing this still flooding in in record numbers. And that tells you that we have something that is worth fighting for and something that's worth preserving. Bingo. I mean... Actually, no, yeah, I, I would not mind Ben Carson at all. I've always been a fan of Ben Carson, and... Yeah, Ben Carson's good, man. Yeah. Uh, just to re- clarify the history, remember, the DeSantis has come out this week saying that if Trump loses the Iowa caucus somehow to Ron DeSantis, he'll say that it was rigged, because... It, I, you don't remember this, but back in 2016, Ted Cruz won the Iowa caucus, but Ben Carson was second. And it was uh-huh. only because... It was only because the the Ted Cruz campaign... Um, sent out bad illegal illegally sent out misinformation to the car to the Carson supporters saying, "Don't come, don't come to this place. Go to this other place." Something along those lines, and they caused Carson to lose. And Trump was the only one with balls to call it out and say he cheated. And so DeSantis is trying to recreate history, say that oh Trump uh, was bitching about losing the election. No, he was defending Carson. I remember this. He was defending Carson because Cruz. Didn't he said that in one of the debates? I think I remember seeing that. Yeah, he's yeah he's mentioned it before, and okay, yeah, I didn't that was the reason why. So this, I just want to clear that up. You know, he and and by the way, he, Carson never went after Trump in the debates. They were always friendly. When they talked about the vaccines and the autism, and the CNN lady was like, uh, "You're the doctor here, uh, Doctor Carson. Is Trump right?" And he was like, "Eh, so he would be he would be good." He wasn't. He's not wrong, you know. And Trump was like, oh, Trump liked that response. He's like, he was like, oh, good answer, you know. Like they've had a friendly, they've had a friendly report, and you saw it. He was rewarded by that. Mm-hmm. He was a secretary of the of HUD. Mm-hmm. I thought he would be better served than as the health and human services because he is a doctor. He would know more about that. But that nice. HUD is good too. I, that's we, we don't we don't need any more fat people running this shit. I mean, skinny people aren't gonna make a difference. It's you need to be like a manager to run that department, not a you know. But but he would be better off True. understanding the information. So I thought that he would be a good choice. Um, they're they're looking at at least um, Stefanik, who was the woman who did the Ivy League. Um, you know, she was the woman who grilled the Ivy League prof- uh, presidents, caused the Ivy Pen one to be one of them. Um, I don't like her because. She's too attached to the establishment. You know, she had a very quick rise when she got in. As soon as she got in, she rose to the top very quickly. When McCarthy was the speaker, she was like the number two, number three Republican in the House. 
I just don't trust that too much. Mm. I think he would um, be weak. I think she wouldn't be able to withstand the fire. She's also very young. Um, I just don't think she was she's she? up to it. I think she's 40 or 39 or 38. I don't think she's like past 45. Um, she's 39 years old. Okay, so there you go. So 39 years old. And um, you look, just, I mean, good choice, but I don't think she's, I don't think she's up to it. I don't think she's a true MAGA economic nationalist, American nationalist, populist candidate. I don't think she is. I think Ben Carson fits a good mold. I get, I know that he's older and I get he won't be, he'll be too old for 2028. But by that time we'll be have, we should have better candidates molded. I think a sleeper pick for president in 2028 is JD Vance. I really like JD Vance. JD Vance would be uh, a very oh, yeah, good pick. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he could be a good pick. Uh, I, you, you know me, I would like to uh, go see Mark Robinson, but I'd rather see him do governor first. And well, he has to be. He can't be president if he's not. Yeah, 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 right. Uh, Mark Robinson would be a very good pick Mark, for president Mark in twenty twenty eight. Yeah, we just need him to win in twenty twenty four, and I think he will because he is a he is a he is a firebrand politician. He, I, he, I, he, I kind of want to ask you that it's a different topic, but like. What are some things that he can do to win that race and what he shouldn't do? Should he be a number two, like, should he be a Trump 2.0 or stick with his own brand? No, he has his own brand. He already has his brand. That's why they, okay. that's why he, see, he's won a race already, so he's well known. People know him. He's the lieutenant governor of the state. So people know who he is. Mm-hmm. He has recognition in North Carolina. So I think what he has mm-hmm. to do is stick to him, go out. Talk, spread your message out. I think he's doing that. Spread your message out. I mean, we saw some some ads by him, and I'm gonna post them now because I really, I really yeah, just saw ads right yeah. here. Um, I'm gonna share them here so we can watch them real quick. But I think he would be a tremendous uh presidential candidate. Um, just to wrap up the vice presidential, you'll be um, you know, yep. topic. But I think he'd be a tremendous, tremendous uh, candidate here. So let's let's get these videos right here. There's some things in life you can't forget. For me, one of them is this tree in front of my childhood home. You see, I grew up poor here in Greensboro, the ninth of 10 children. We had no phone, no air conditioning, no car. What we did have was an alcoholic father who beat my mother. Despite all that, he was still my father, someone we counted on. When I was in the fifth grade, my father died. My mother had a choice, kick her feet up, live off the government, or get a job. My mom took her fifth grade education and walked across the street and got a job at a university. She cleaned up after other people's children to provide for her own. She told me to dream. She told me with faith and hard work, I could achieve anything. She was so right. History made in the Tar Heel State last night. I'm the majority. I do. Stand before you today as the first black lieutenant governor of North Carolina. Served in the military. I've worked in furniture plants. I've been a general manager for a restaurant chain. And I own a small business with my wife. It's a factory worker I made good money. Until NAFTA hit. I lost my job not once, but twice. My wife and I faced these tough times as we worked to raise a young family with two wonderful children, like so many of you. 
We know the gnawing feeling you get from worrying about money, how it keeps you up at night as your children sleep. I've lost my car, my home, and was forced into bankruptcy. Like you, I don't need a politician to tell me what to be worried about. It's obvious. We know the price of gas and groceries and childcare is outrageous. We know too many children can't read on a grade level, that they've been yeah. failed by an education bureaucracy that's leaving them unprepared for life once they graduate. Graduate. And sadly, we know our teachers aren't respected and aren't treated or paid as the professionals that they are. We know the shuttered factories like the ones I've worked for have left scars all over the small towns of North Carolina. We also know that our police departments are struggling, that they can't fill their ranks because we are demonizing the men and women in blue. North Carolina doesn't need more slick politicians who use work boots and Carhartt jackets as props in TV ads. They're just pretending to be one of us. You see, it doesn't take an Ivy League education to understand the problems we're facing. What it takes is somebody with a backbone and a vision who cares about serving instead of climbing the political ladder. I'm running for governor because we deserve to be represented by someone who's actually lived like us. Someone who wants to serve, not rule. I don't care about the zip code you live in, the size of your paycheck, whether you're black, white, straight, or gay. None of those things should determine your future or your child's future. No one should have to choose between paying for medicine or making a trip to the grocery store. And our streets should be safe, and so should our schools. These issues shouldn't be Republican or Democrat issues. They should be the issues that transcend the gridlock of our capital. If history teaches us anything. It's that Americans don't run from trouble. We run towards it. Now it's our time to stand up and make history so the kids who grew up in uncertainty like I did, that they have a chance to succeed and that they know that they live in North Carolina, a state where anything is possible. Someday you and I will be gone. And I don't want my family to see a picture of me and wonder why I didn't fight for them. I want my children and grandchildren to know that I did everything I could that's what I'm fighting for, and that's why I'm running for governor. Will you join me? Yeah, I'll excellent. join you. Excellent, excellent, excellent. That was an excellent video. Yeah, it was a good one. I, I looked at, I liked that one definitely because he also brought up his stories as well. Where he grew where he came from, you know. Well, that's um, this is a story. Yeah. That's yeah, that story. is a story right there, yeah. And his talent is he can artic clearly articulate without any fear, without any worry. I mean, I've seen videos. We've seen videos of him just debating him on the gay topic, debating on the yeah, right, right. <laughs> we've seen that. I've we've that's back and forth, and I'll try to show one real quick. Um, it's a but, classic from him. Yeah, it's a classic of him saying, you know, I don't, you know, want to talk about the gay and the. Yeah, there's here's here's one real quick about him. But um yeah, it was just, you know, him he he spreads his message because he's lived it. I mean, he's lived a normal life. He's not a guy who's grew up wealthy. He's not a guy who grew up 
in the upper class. He grew up like you and I. He grew up in a family with a humble, modest, uh, just background. He wasn't wealthy. He wasn't privileged. He didn't go to the best yeah. universities. He served our country in the army. He's lived. He knows what it's yeah. like. Have to pay your bills and worry about yeah, you know, how am I going to pay my bill if, if if I got fired and my company, the factory I work at, shut down and it's not even my fault. No, it's nobody's fault. It shut down. But then there's politicians coming yeah. to our communities and saying, "Well, it is your fault because your communities are poor. They're filled with crime. The education is low." But then you sit back and say, wait a second, but that's your fault because you did that to us. You flooded our streets with drugs. You made our schools right. ugly and bad. You degraded our curriculums and you made policies that made these factories leave. Just the way he's, everyone can relate to that. That's a nationwide issue. We've seen the de-industrialization of this country. Places like Pennsylvania, Virginia, North Carolina, Kentucky, Michigan, Wisconsin. That's why the Trump message spoke so vibrantly and so just stung deep into people's hearts because they saw it. He was saying things that they lived and they were saying, wait a second, this guy who lives in a palace in a skyscraper in the sky, he has a, he has a penthouse in the sky in New York City, sees and knows the things we went through. Well, he's saying the exact same thing because he lived it. So his authenticity, yeah. he doesn't have to be Trump. He's himself. He's a guy who served their military, who's firm, who's Christian, who's he's he's decisive he doesn't he's not afraid to say what he believes in and he's not afraid to push back on the lies being spread that's what you want and so he needs to what he's doing is going everywhere talking to all news outlets he has no fear he doesn't care if he goes to cnn or the local cnbc outlet or the local fox outlet he's going everywhere he talks no. to the yep. to the to the riley the news newspaper he talks to everybody he can because he's not afraid I just want to post right. this classic video before we wrap up of him, pretty much. Um, this was him, I think, in the in a church, I believe, or something like that. Um, yeah, this one right here. Oh, yeah. It's this one. yeah, it's classic, 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 classic. Here's something else I'm not supposed to say. Ain't but two genders. <laughs> two genders. <laughs> Had the background. Yeah. Ain't nothing but men and women. And I can already see WRL out there. They got they licking their pencils around, trying to write fiercely so they can't. Get every word of this here. Get every word of this. You can go to the doctor and get cut up. You can go down to the dress shop and get made up. You can go down there and get drugged up. But at the end of the day, you were just a drugged up, dressed up, made up, cut up, man or woman. You ain't changed what God put in you, that DNA. You can't transcend God's creation. I don't care how hard you try. The transgender movement in this country, if there's a movement in this country that is demonic, and that is full of anti the spirit of Antichrist. It is the transgender movement. It's time for grown-ups and time for Christians to start standing up and being unafraid to tell the truth. Yeah. Come after me if you want to. I don't care. You want my head? Here it is right here. Come on, come get it. I don't care because it's time for us to stand up. Now, I'm not afraid to stand up and tell the truth about that issue. 
They're dragging our kids down into the pit of hell, trying to teach them that mess in our schools. Tell you like this, that ain't got no place at no school. Two plus two don't equal transgender. It equals four. We need to get back to teaching them how to read instead of teaching them how to go to hell. Yeah, I said it and I mean it. Dude, man, when you, I, I think you would want to send me that. When I, I, um, yeah. I think this was a couple years ago, maybe. I know it's after COVID. Dude, when I first saw him, I'm like, yo, I love his energy so much. That's what yeah. I want. It's, not it's, Ron. Not the way he talks. I want, I want Mark Robinson right there. We want him. You know, they're unafraid. They don't talk in lingos. They don't talk in, in Florida. They don't talk. Yeah, exactly. It's these. out there. Easily, it's out there. It's, we see it. it. Call it out. He's calling out what's wrong. But this is the thing. He's not focused on a negative. He's not focused on the negative. He's saying this is what's wrong, but we have a path to go forward. And when you hear Ron, everything you hear about is, oh, this, this, that's bad. This is bad. That's bad. That's bad. This is bad. This is bad. This is bad. Ten thing, 10,000 things is bad. And then in Florida, it's good. It's like, yeah, but buddy, we can't all move to Florida. Sell me a vision for the future. <laughs> Sell me a vision for the next 20, 30, 50 years of what America can be. Because that's what Trump sells us. That's what, They talk about the future. What did Mark Robinson say at the end of that video? He's a disciple of say, the MAGA movement that Trump created, not Ron DeSantis. Trump created MAGA. Nobody was saying make America great again mm-hmm. in 2015, except for him. Mm-hmm. Nobody was t- talking about America first in 2015, 2016, except for Trump. Mark Robinson, a disciple of that movement. What did he say at the end of that video? When, when I'm old, I don't want my grandchildren or my children saying, why didn't you fight for this? This is a movement that's focused yeah. on laying out a future culture, a culture, a society that's, that believes in two genders, that believes in protecting your community, that believes in taking drugs off right. the streets, that believes in a good education system, et cetera. Et cetera. Right. No, I, I, I agree. I don't with hear you Ron talking, talking about that. For the, for the leader of a, of a future movement, I don't hear it. I, I like Rock Robinson. We endorse him here at For the Republic. And hell, we're, I'm waiting for 2028. Even I, I, I'm, I'm projecting out there. This is my guy for 2028. If, if he goes for 2028, go for him. Man. He needs to win. He needs to win this year for North Carolina, and he needs to be the governor for four, the four years. And I, I hope if he does run for the presidency, or maybe he'll be the vice president for somebody in 2028. Tremendous choice. You have a tremendous patriot next to you. He's he, got him. He can. He would be a tremendous leader for this country. He's unafraid. He's yeah. unabashed. And he represents a lot of people out there that feel these things and are looking for a for a warrior on that stage to go to Washington and say, you guys are effing things up. I'm not, we don't stand for this. That's him. That's him. Unafraid, undecisive, uncut, unfiltered. That's him. Yeah. Man, right. He's not looking to offend you, you. He's just telling you the truth. And if the truth offends you, that's on you. That's on you. That's that on definitely you. is on you. That's on you. So, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Like, subscribe, hit that notification button. I hope you enjoy all of our clips, all our episodes. Uh, join us on Twitter, and if you really want to help us out, join us on Patreon. Five bucks a month, you'll see our former. Our pre- we have you know old content there, but just five bucks a month would really help us go a long way. Really appreciate your help. Hope you guys like this episode, and I can't wait to see you guys next time. Bye bye. Say racist, y'all.